Amen. You can have a seat. Thank you so much for being here this morning. Um, I had to, that was beautiful songs. In fact, one of those that grace that, um, grace that is uh, greater is the name of the series that we're getting ready to go into. And uh, that was a song that I had requested uh, a few weeks ago. And uh, Savannah is uh, very faithful to I know be here and serve on Sunday morning. She also leads um, on several weeks in our student ministry. Um, and just, just appreciate that message of grace, grace that is greater than all of our sin. Uh, we're going to be looking in this series at not just grace that is greater than all of our sin, we're going to be looking at how grace is greater than many things. Um, there's different ways that you can weigh things. Anybody got, does, who in here has, a, you, you, would, you would admit willingly that you do have a bathroom scale in your house? Just by show of hands, okay. Now, if you put your hands down, now, how many people use their bathroom scale in their house? All right, so just a, just a, just a tip, if, uh, if you don't like the number on the bathroom scale, there's many things that you can do about it. I mean, you can do some extreme things like diet and exercise. Sometimes we don't really like the idea of such words, right? Um, so I'm going to give you a tip that's really, really great for that bathroom scale. Um, if you're weighing yourself in the bathroom, if you'll take that scale out of the bathroom and if you'll find a room that's got carpet in it and put the scale down on the carpet and then weigh yourself there, you'll be amazed at how much better that number looks because that scale's got to be able to push down on something hard. So if it's got something soft to push down on, all of a sudden that number comes back a lot more polite, okay? So just a little helpful tip for all of those of you that are here or if you're watching online, uh, just want to encourage you all that we can and sometimes... We're not there in the morning when you wake up. You may be feeling a little bit insecure. Go to the carpet, okay? Um, that's self-confession. I, I, I learned that uh, the dishonest way. Okay, so um, we, we can weigh things by a scale, um, and, and that gives us the exact weight of what we're talking about. Um, grace is something that I believe over the next few weeks that, that we will be able to weigh out, um, but, but we're not going to probably be able just to say, okay, um, this is exactly what the grace weighs that you're going to experience today. Because if you're like me, you notice um, days are very different. Sometimes you kind of, you know, at about 6, 7 o'clock in the evening, you go, hey, you know, this has been a pretty good day. It's been, it's been a great day. Sometimes at about 9 a.m., you're like, this day has already been horrible. Um, there's a lot of things that come at us on a given day or a season in life. What the Word of God tells us is some great encouraging things about this idea of grace. Um, and I believe what we'll be able to find out together over this series is, is that the measure of grace that God is going to give us and really work out in our lives is going to be able to be weighed a little bit more effectively on a scale like this. Um, if, if on this side we put whatever maybe difficult circumstance we're dealing with and then that has some weight to it, that has obvious weight, we feel it, we experience it, what we're going to start to be able to realize is, is, is through the truth of God's Word and through examples of, of real life experiences in the Bible, what we're going to really look at how the grace of God, um, while we may not be able to really quantify the, the extreme felt weight of this, that grace on this side comes and doesn't just balance the scale, but actually tips the scale. Um, and allows us to experience the glory and the grace of God um, in, in a lot of different ways. So um, really, this morning, honestly, is kind of an invitation into this series. Um, I didn't want to jump in and just say, okay, today we're just going to immediately start talking about grace is greater than fill in the blank. 
Um, this morning, what I want us to spend a little bit of time doing is, is getting a really good framework so over the next set of series, we, uh, next set of weeks, we can really absorb and take in and receive the, the truth of what God's Word says about grace. Now, um, last the series we just came out of, Acts, it was a really short one. Um, just kidding. If you weren't here for that, there's, there's many, many sermons that you can go back and listen to. Um, so that we actually had a, um, an Acts journal that had the copy of the God's Word in it. It was a blue journal. You may have seen some people carrying it if you didn't have one um, that also had note pages in it. Um, through this series, just want to let you know, um, we, we always want to encourage you to be in your Bible. And some of you, you may swipe pages in the Bible or you actually may turn actual paper pages. Those are great. Um, no matter what you use, we will during this series um, have... Just blank notebooks on the back table, some pens, uh, Bible highlighters, some stuff like that. So if you're just kind of coming in and out one week and you, you want to take some notes or you want to highlight some stuff in your Bible, but you don't like you're like me, you don't want it to bleed over the next page. Just grab something off that table uh, because we really would like to encourage you to kind of use the Word of God as really a life textbook um, as as you're really learning and growing and marking things to be able to go back to those later. Um, so please just take advantage of those things while you're here. Um, this morning, we're not going to be just in one passage. Um, if, you, if you've heard me preach for long, you, kinda, you probably have kind of guessed that's kind of how I like to preach. Um, I like to take a passage and really work that. This morning, um, we're going to be in a few different places because, again, we're kind of setting a framework this morning um, of what we're even going to be able to receive over the next set of weeks. Grace as a definition. Um, I want to just give you a basic definition, uh, but then... Uh, after it, I kind of want to spoil it because I just want to go ahead and tell you up front, um, th- this definition is just not going to be good enough, okay? Um, basic definition of grace, you've probably used it yourself, is undeserved favor. Um, it's, it's the goodness that we receive from the Lord that we don't deserve. Now, as a comparison, um, you, you probably have used many times a word like mercy. Mercy is not getting what we do deserve. And most of the time we go into Scripture, the idea that God's merciful and He shows mercy comes in that there, there's punishment due for sin. There's, there's, there's uh, mistakes and sins that we commit against the Holy God. And, and that deserves punishment. And I think one of the great cripplers of the Christian life is, is, is this, this mode that we can, uh, by mistake, live in that we think, okay, um, because of the guilt I carried, I must just do all these things wrong. So every negative experience in my life must be God punishing me for, for all my wrong. God, by his own definition, is so gracious and merciful that, that that's just a, that's a fallible road to travel down. There are consequences to sin. It's undeniable. But, but to kind of form this idea that I've got to serve the Lord out of this responsibility that, that stems from guilt is a dangerous road to travel in the Christian life. Um, grace is undeserved favor, but that's hard. That's hard to figure out. Um, and, and this is what I mean. God is so good. You know, there's verses in the Bible, maybe you've heard something like this, that, that it's going to rain on the just and the unjust. In other words, if, if, you, if, you had, if you had two farmers that live side by side and, and, and one is righteous, one is, like one is living for the Lord and loves the Lord and loves his family, and the other one is just as immoral as they could possibly get, it, it doesn't, life doesn't work out this way. Rain clouds always just come on this side when rain is needed, and they avoid the immoral farmer side, right? He's going to get rain on his crops just as much as the other one because they're side by side, and, and, and that's the way the earth's ecosystem works, right? So as, as we think about some of these things, it's, it's, it's going to be tough if, if we don't really get a good framework about what grace is 
to be able to figure out, okay, is, is what I'm experiencing or what I have experienced God's grace? And, and there's going to be some indicators of that as we, as we work through. Because uh, my, my wife, Wendy, and I, we, sometimes I just I sit down and, and just say, hey, I just, I, let me, can I just say something to you that, that I, I feel like is going to come out in this message and, and you kind of give me the thumbs up or thumbs down. My, my, my wife is so good at that. Um, and as we even had conversations over the last couple of weeks about um, grace, um, we even kind of sat, not at odds, but in discussion going, okay, um, so, so if, if grace enables us to do something, you know, should, should I feel like I, I need to be doing more? Like, should I, should I carry that? Or what should we be doing? So we, we want to kind of go and kind of walk through some of this stuff together over these weeks, okay? Um, the first place I want to start is, is we're going to go way back into Exodus. Um, this is, a, this is a, a set of verses that um, we've, we've walked through as a congregation before, and, and one of the greatest things about this particular passage, and it's Exodus 34, this is one great, amazing moment where God gives a self-description. Okay? Now, if, if you and I sat down and you asked me, Tell me about yourself. Do you think that I'm going to lead with all my mistakes? Or do you think I'm going to kind of front load it with, well, let me, let me tell you a few successes I've had, right? Like, it probably depends on the conversation. But when we talk about ourselves, maybe it's easy to kind of, kind of pad those, that description a little bit. And when we talk about others, we could be tempted even to maybe even not get an accurate, fair representation of who they are, especially depending on how we feel about them. God in holiness cannot lie. That means he can't, in pride, overflatter himself. If it's, if it's complimentary, the words that are coming from God about God, if it's complimentary, it's just, it's just a, an affirmation that he's good. He just is. It's undeniable. But he also can't say that he's so good that it's untrue. It, it's got to be absolutely accurate. And, and that's a great, and, and, and maybe this would help. Many people among us and others that we know will struggle in their lifetime figuring out, God, what in the world are you up to? What are you doing right now? And if we try to figure out God from, from the circumstances of our life, kind of looking up, that's going to be tough. The, the safest way to do it is to start with something like this and say, okay, God, this is who you say you are. Now let me look down at the circumstances of my life through the lens of who you are, and now let me try to see things. That's a lot safer way to get a perspective as a Christian. So this is what God says about himself. Uh, verse 5 is where I'm going to start in Exodus 34. The Lord came down in a cloud, stood with him there, that him is Moses, and proclaimed his name, the Lord. The Lord passed in front of him and proclaimed, the Lord, the Lord is a compassionate, that, that, that's the merciful part of him. A comp, he said that the Lord is compassionate and gracious God. That, that means that, that God himself just is and embodies and is characterized by this thing called grace. It doesn't stop there. It says he's, he's slow to anger. That means he's patient. And abounding in faithful love and truth. Maintaining faithful love to a thousand generations. Forgiving iniquity, rebellion, and sin. So you're already starting to see some of the things that, that, that the grace of God starts to work out in this thing called people. Because... Patience just means I'm going to give you a second chance. Mercy means I'm going, to, I'm going to hold back my righteous judgment. But it's the grace that starts doing stuff like forgiving. And as, we, as you read about in Ephesians, adopting, 
bringing into the family. Grace is this, it's, it's not just, it's, it's, it's so unique in, in all the parts. I, I kind of want to jump into the explanation, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to try to slow myself down here. Um, but he will not leave the guilty unpunished, bringing the consequences of the father's iniquity onto the children and grandchildren to the third and fourth generation. And, and, in other words, um, God is this really, and it, it, sometimes it feels like an enigma. He, he's, he's so good to us that we don't deserve it and forgiving us so many times, yet he doesn't violate his own rules and standards of who he is. I mean, isn't that great? I mean, think about how, how many people, I mean, myself, I look at my own life. How many times do I contradict myself and even what I say? So many times. God never contradicts himself. So this is the first thing that I want you to understand um, uh, uh, as we kind of frame grace for a few moments together this morning. Number one, grace is God's character and his nature. Grace is God's character and his nature. So when, when we seek him, when we, tr- when we see him doing something, when we see Jesus living out his life in the Gospels, anytime that we really peer into that, just part of what's going to be going on will be grace, even when the word grace doesn't show up. That's just who God is. It's how he functions. He, he can't escape it. Now, um, it's clear that God says, I- I'm-, I'm full of grace, but, but two, one of the greatest ways that we're going to really be able to identify in some practical ways what grace looks like is when we look at the life of Jesus. Because Jesus self-proclaimed that he is the Son of God. And, and in that part of the Trinity ultimately means he is God. God in the flesh on earth. So let's see if, if that really is true. Then there should be a linkage here between God saying, I am, I'm a gracious God, and really how Jesus is described as being God on earth. Um, John chapter 1, and this I'm going to start reading in verse 14. It says, The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. We observed his glory, the glory as the one and only Son of the Father, full of what? Grace and truth. And, and notice, that's it. I mean, God back in front of Moses, he said, hey, this is who I am. And, and, and the gospel writer John, who witnessed the life of Jesus, remember, he's writing this gospel after all that he's witnessed. And, and just the, the overflow of his heart was, man, he is, he is full of grace and truth. As, as even his own mind was really grasping, I just lived with, the, with God for three years. I mean, this moment, as, he's, as the Holy Spirit's inspired him to write this, it must be just a mind-blowing moment of realizing, I, 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 I now know God because I know Jesus. So he's full of grace and truth. John testified concerning him and exclaimed, um, this was the one whom I said, the one coming um, after me ranks ahead of me because he existed before me. Indeed, we have all received, and notice how this is phrased here. Indeed, we have all received grace upon grace from where? From uh, a card of encouragement, from a good song during worship? No, from his fullness. A, a really key thing when we, when we think about grace as, a, um, as the kind of grace that we really need to make sure that we understand as a Christian um, you, we can never separate grace as, as, a, as, a, as its own thing from who Jesus is. I mean, after all, what, how do, who is our salvation based on? What, what is our salvation based on? A prayer that I prayed when I was young? No. 
Is it, is, it, is it based on good works? Is it, is it based on that I was, I, was, I was brought up in church? No, it's, it's based on faith in Jesus. In other words, trusting in what he did to satisfy God when it comes to the punishment, due punishment of my sin. Trusting in that Jesus did not stay dead and victimized by the guilt of sin and punishment of sin, but came back to life in the power of resurrection to show me that I can have new life what, on my own, kind of living where I live and raising a family? No, I can have new life in Him. We believe that the Bible is an inspired Word of God and it's intentional. And, and all these little phrases are, are in there to help us understand where, who, do we, who are we? we? We belong to Christ as Christians. Um, how, how do we have salvation and a right relationship with God? We have it in Christ. Not based on what I can do myself. Not my successes, not my failures. It, it's, it's in Christ. How, who, what family do I belong to? I'm adopted into his family. How, how do I make it through tough seasons in life? Through the, Christ, through the strength of Jesus, which then strengthens me. It's, it's, it's such a key framework for us to understand. We're, we're, as Christians, if we see ourselves living our life off of our best effort, then we're not living the life fully that God's called us to really live. Um, just kind of as an interesting thing, though, as a perspective, because I, I, won't, I want you to see the Bible accurately. Um, the word grace in either Greek or Hebrew is in the Bible 134 times. Um, in the New Testament is where we have the bulk of that, 123 usages. But you know who never spoke on grace? Jesus. Jesus never taught and use the word that we have recorded. Now, we don't have all of his teachings recorded, but if you, if you and, and I, I want to tell you, because if you search the Gospels and want to come back and go, you know, come on, Derek, you, you, you really missed this, this whole sermon idea because I, I, I look Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and I'm just not seeing the word grace other than, you know, John writing it and a, and a couple of mentions like that. You, you, you'll be right. But, but if you just read it for the surface, you, you won't see the word grace. But you know where you see it? In every conversation that Jesus had. Every time that he interacted with someone, the miracles that he brought, because all of that was 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 undeserved favor exploding from the heart of God on the people that needed to see it, witness it and experience it just to be able to grasp what it would mean to be in the kingdom, because that's what Jesus talked about was the kingdom. And, and, and the, the simple concept was really nobody deserves to be in the kingdom based, based on what we've done, but we get to be because of Jesus. So what happens is, if you think of the Gospels um, as, as, as Jesus' teachings boxed up, so much of the rest of the New Testament, for guys, for instance, like Paul, who uses, of, of the 123, he, he's credited with 92 of them. Paul spends the, so much time un, unpacking that box to go, let's help each other understand grace. And let's use the word for what it is, because he was absolutely full of it. Not full of it like we normally say, but you know what I'm saying. So this is um, so. So if we understand it's it's God's character, it's always going to be a part of what He does. Um, how do we start to how do we start to distinguish what's God's grace from maybe just general goodness that exists? If we're really looking at it, okay, let, let, let's let's help us help ourselves understand um, what what I can look for because. If it's, if it's something that God does in our life, one of the responsibilities that we have as Christians is to share that. 
That, that's a way that we describe God's glory, who He is, His character, His nature. And we're called in so many ways to be that light, to be, um, to, to be the flavor, the salt of this earth, as Jesus calls us to. So, so we want to be people that, that, can, that can explain it. And, and one thing that I think um, is harmful sometimes is when we, we see something um, and, and, and we kind of take it and say, okay, I'm just going to assume that's from God, and we present it as if it's from Him to someone else, and they're kind of left confused because they're scratching their head going, I don't think that really makes sense. So we, I believe we really got to be careful in, in our content as believers to say, okay, I want to accurately reveal and show and relate and explain like what, what really is from the Lord so he can get attention and others can get a good, clear picture of who he is. So there are some verses that um, we'll come back to more in other weeks, but just, just as a reminder that we can't separate this from Jesus, um, Ephesians 1 is a great example of how grace saves and, and when, when you read Ephesians 1, and we'll touch on some of this stuff, um, but it doesn't just talk about this, this fire insurance kind of salvation. It talks about being adopted into the family. Um, so, so as families functions throughout life, that, that's, that's who we are in Christ. Um, it, it talks about redemption and, and, and just being bought back and rescued in so many different descriptive words that we can understand. If you go to Romans, um, grace, it, it talks about how grace and salvation brings about obedience for the sake of his name. So, so part of grace in, the, in this beautiful picture of it is, is something that God is doing and using um, to, to be able to bring me to a place to where I'm living more faithfully for him. So, so grace isn't just the nature character of God, but in some way it's, it's this force that's, that's, that's active in our lives and doing things and wanting to achieve things. And, and there, are, there are hundreds of verses that I could go to and just fit them in this morning. Everybody ready for that? No, um, you're not. You're lying. Um, and it's church, so you shouldn't, well, don't feel guilty, it's okay. So I, I want to I read one, and you're like, now, Derek, you never just read one. I'm just going to read one, okay? I'm going to prove you wrong this morning. I want to read 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8, and specifically, I want to read it out of the ESV, it's the English Standard Version, because um, the, many English translations get this verse right. One unique thing that the ESV does is, is it's going to use one particular word twice, and I, I, I believe that really helps us in our understanding as we go from the first part of the verse to the second part of the verse, okay? It says this, and God is able to make all grace abound to you. Okay, so I want to stop there for a second. Let's talk about this word abound. The, the, the meaning, the literal meaning of the Greek word that we have translated abound in this particular text means to exceed expectations. Now, I used to, um, before I went into, um, I, I worked uh, a lot of volunteer hours and part-time hours and stuff like that in ministry um, for, for a church, but um, the, the job that I had before I went into vocational ministry, which, in other words, if you're not sure what that means, that means that the, my full-time paycheck came from a specific church. Um, I was in uh, the flooring business, okay? Um, and the flooring business is an interesting business to be in, um, I was in some contract stuff, um, estimated sales, different stuff like that. Um, but, but in my time doing that, um, I learned something because I had done retail jobs before, um, but, but in retail I never saw this. I, I definitely saw it in the line of work I was in. You may have experienced this. Um, people, if you meet their expectations, now I was in there before all the Google ratings, so, so bear in mind that. But, but we found out, Consistently over time, if you met their expectations, they said nothing about you. 
Not good, not bad, just nothing. If you exceeded their expectations, they might, they might tell someone, a couple of people. They heard someone looking for something, they go, you know what, I did have a good experience with this company. But if you fell short of their expectations, they told everybody. I mean everybody. And, and it's so true. Yesterday, I was in a large, big box home improvement store that is blue and gray. I'm going to mention it. I'm not going to throw anybody on the bus, okay? I had a very frustrating experience in there um, because I, I essentially was accused of being dishonest at the checkout counter. Now, I don't know how your personality works. I am a personality that does not tend to appreciate accusations. Probably should have thought about this with the Lord before I went into ministry. <laughs> um, I left the store, and I am fuming in the parking lot, right? Like, I don't know why I'm fuming, because I don't know why I had such a high level of expectations. Again, because I've told you before, my wife tells me all the time, Derek, you left the house with the expectations again. It's your fault. You have no one else to blame but yourself. I am fuming as I'm loading the material from the cart into my truck, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm just getting So what do I do once I get in the car? Oh, no, I'm not going to Google. I'm going, I'm, I'm, I'm calling, I'm calling. And, and I, I was on hold from the parking lot of the, the store that will, run, rename, and will remain anonymous. I'm not mentioning names. Cone Boulevard. Um, remain, you know, from there all the way to my house. I'm on hold the whole way. The whole way. Do you know how you feel when you get... And you know what happened? There's, there's several spots near where I live that are just horrible self-service spots. And I hit one of them. Had been on hold that whole time, and it dropped the call. Oh, dear Lord Jesus. You're gonna, you'll need to come and rescue your servant, Lord. I mean, it's, you know what I'm saying? I mean, like you, you ever have that moment? Why? Because negative experience. Negative experience. I was ready. I was ready. Um... I think we probably all would say would be very happy and content to only deal with things that exceed expectations, right? I, I mean, I, I think, I mean, we, we probably would kind of jump on board and say, hey, that, that just sounds better than, than, than other times we deal with other stuff in life. So here we have, it says, God is able to make all grace abound to you. So what I can expect from the Lord of authentic grace. Now, authentic grace will, will mean that there will be work and labor and conversations to make sure that I'm, I'm, I'm interpreting what I'm receiving correctly. Because, because if I'm saying, hey, Lord, I don't, I don't, I'm, you're letting me down. I'm not getting what I need. Okay, well, maybe the problem is in what I want, not what, in he's, what he's delivering. Does that make sense? So, so, so if, I'm, if I'm accurately understanding grace... It says here that, that God is able to make it about, to exceed my expectation. Well, that sounds good. Like, I'm in on this right now, right? Like, I'm, 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 I find myself at this point in the verse kind of leaning in, like, ooh, this is getting good. I like, I like where this is going, and this is just one verse. So that, okay, so anytime there's a so that or a therefore, that's a critical moment in any passage or verse in Scripture. Because you have to, you, you got to look back and say, okay, since this is happening, there's, there's a critical connection to what's coming next. So that 
having all sufficiency, sufficiency just meaning everything that I need, I'm, 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 I'm not lacking, so that with all, having all sufficiency in all things at all times, that's about as all as you can get. I have everything I need, no matter the time, no matter the place, no matter the circumstance. What is the purpose of all that? That you may abound, you may exceed expectations in every good work. So if we're understanding grace and identifying grace correctly, it's not just that God will give us what exceeds our expectations. It means that that we in using that grace, in, in the power of grace coming through our lives, whatever the situation is and whoever it involves can experience um, um, something that exceeds the expectations of what the world can do around them. And, and, and in this moment, I could insert a million different examples and they would all just start ringing true and I believe in our ears. A, a scenario where something seems unforgivable, that's the expectation of the world. That's why God wants to work forgiveness in me, for me, and then through me to then ex- exceed the expectations of someone where they go, Lord, wh- who, who is the, why, why am I getting forgiveness from you? Well, because I've received great forgiveness. It really has nothing to do with what you've earned because I, it wasn't what I earned in Christ. You, you see that just small example and how that just, that, I mean, if we think about this and we really understand grace well, and we identify well how it can absolutely just, it, it's not just, because again, we, we, we have to mature out of this place of just the Christian life is about me feeling good, and, and, and let it become, Lord, what good can I do for you, because you're wanting to do good for people, and bring your, your, your name known to them. So, so really, this is the point that I want us to look at this morning. Grace increases our capacity in faith, obedience, and even suffering. Did you catch that? I know that's, that's it's, it's on the screen, I believe it is. But, but faith increases that kind of capacity, which ultimately means that grace increases our capacity to experience and point others to God's glory. Like, how, if, if you've ever kind of in your soul thought, man, Lord, how can I live more effectively for you? Lord? Like, Lord, how can I experience this Christian life that, that we just read about in Acts? How, how can I experience such a move of God in me and through me that then, then that's it. it. It's to realize that everything that God gives is not just for my comfort. Um, my, uh, my mom's family is from a little place out kind of western part of the state called Cleveland County. Uh, there's some small towns in there. One's uh, named Caroline. Uh, it's Forest City and some places like this. If you've never been there, don't feel bad. You're not going to offend me because you, you probably, you may have never even realized there was a Cleveland County in North Carolina. Um, I, we used to go um, and visit. Um, I was very blessed, young, to know several of my great-grandparents. And um, my grandfather's grandfather, they grew up in a small house in Caroline. And that house was on a piece of property that are directly attached to the town post office right beside them and then a, then across the street was um, a western plant of cone mills okay so so he and my grandma he, he and my great-grandmother worked there they checked their mail there and they lived there um, most days that was their travel right like that's where they went um, and I when I got older I often thought like I don't remember them having like I'm trying to think about like did they have a car 
Um, and, and just a short turn either way got you to a store and a diner. I don't, they may not have had one for part of their life. I don't know. But, but one thing that would always happen when we went there, um, my, my great-grandfather's name was Joseph. Uh, his nickname was Joby. I know that because that's what my great-grandmother screamed at him all the time. Um, and I, I just still, I can hear it ringing true in my head. He, he would take us in his bib overalls and just real kind smile. He would take us to the post office and the post office would save 50 cent pieces. Now, you really want to blow your kids' minds who've never actually seen coins in their life anyway. Now, all of a sudden, throw like something like a 50 cent piece in front of them. They don't even know what to do. It's like, that's big. That must come from Chuck E. Cheese. But, but that, they would save 50 cent pieces there at the post office. He would come in, give them a few bucks when his grandkids or well, at this point, his great-grandkids were in town, and, and, he, would, and he would get them. He would get them, and he would give them to us. Usually, we, we got two, and, and I've, I've been able to preserve a, a couple, and my mom has helped with that, fortunately, because I was probably spending most of them when I got them. I was the kid that came back to Greensboro, the bigger city, and like dropped them on the counter, and people looked at me like, what is this fake money you're trying to give me? But, but that's what we would get. We would get a couple 50-cent pieces. And my, grand, my great-grandfather, he, was, he, he never gave them to me and said, okay, now for the candy and cookies and stuff you eat at my house, I'm going to need some of that back. He didn't take us to a store and say, okay, I gave you money, spend it here. He just gave us money. And, and we put it in our pocket, we kept it, and eventually we probably spent it on some random, you know, switchblade comb or whatever toy that was on the rack at the time. You know, it's just something crazy like that. And, and we would spend that on, and, 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 it, and we'd get something, and it would go away, and and, and so it, it, was, it was kind of a cool moment, but it was a moment where always, here's, here's my great-grandfather giving me this money, and, and I would take it and say thank you, and then I would go spend it on what I wanted to. I think the mistake is sometimes we're, we're, we're so off on really understanding what God's grace is, is because there's so much goodness that kind of flows in towards us, we kind of collect it and then just go spend it on what we want to spend it on. We, we buy things with it, we enjoy things with it, and, and we take days off and we go places with our family and we do stuff, and, and we kind of just, we, we look at all this goodness and just go, well, this must just be the grace of God. And, and if it's the grace of God, then, then it has to be reaching someone. It's, it's got to be intentional, it's got to be towards a purpose. And I think just we, we have to get to the place where we got, Lord, thank you for the goodness that you just show. But if I'm really going to live for you, what's the grace that you're sending my way? What's the power of grace that's in, that, that you want to use to increase my capacity? Not just me spend things, and not just money, but time and, and, and energies. Like, just, just using it where I want to use it. We have to realize, okay, if, if, if it's coming from him and it's grace, there is a intended purpose. There is an intended purpose. Now, here's the last thing I want to give to you today, and, 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 and I want to kind of set, again, framework. So, so if we know, okay, God, this is your character, so if you're working, it's going to have grace as part of it. That, that grace has got to be for a purpose. So, so when, when, when other weeks come up and I'm hearing a specific grace that's intended towards something um, um, intentional, then I can look at that and say, okay, Lord, what, is, what can that do in me more than what I could really expect or deserve? And then what could you use it for through me in other people's lives that, that exceeds expectations? Um, what's, what's, my, what's, what's my mindset got to be in all this? What, what mindset do I need to keep? And for that, I want to go to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 15. And I, I want to say this even before I read this verse. Don't miss the experience of God's grace through these weeks. Don't miss this. And, and, and you're going to hear 
part of why we can't risk missing this. Verse 15 says, make sure that no one falls short of the grace of God. In other words, that nobody misses out. That nobody gets so close and just doesn't make it into walking into that territory. Make sure that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no root of bitterness springs up causing trouble and defiling many. So, so here's what happens. If, if we lose sight and we don't really connect into effectively really what the grace of God is and, and know it accurately, then, then we are one of the ones missing it. Much less other people. And, and, and just think about this. Let's just take an easy, simple topic, salvation. If, if I've received salvation and I know my soul is secure in eternity, but also now, and, and the Lord lives in me and, and Jesus is with me all the time and I live with him, if, if I've experienced that and the forgiveness and adoption that that comes with, why does that not just that, the grace of that, why is it not propelling me towards others to say, I don't want you to miss it either? Because that, that's the kind of flow that grace is supposed to have. Because you know what happens when we neglect that flow? When, when, in other words, we either receive and don't, and don't share, or when we don't really accurately think about and meditate on and stay aware of what we're actually being um, given by the Lord. When, when, when we disconnect from that intentional flow, what, what does it say is, is, is the outcome of that? It says in here very clearly, that, that there is a root of bitterness that can spring up and that will cause trouble and defile many. When, when, when I live unaware and, and, and not using and sharing the grace of God, that's when in my life, when, when the attacks of Satan come in, the, the, those roots of bitterness, in other words, um, that, that emotion that says, I'm not living in appreciation or in value, but I'm, but I'm, but I'm irritated, I'm frustrated, I'm struggling with those emotions and, and I'm ungrateful and I'm unthankful and, and I have anger and, and, and those are the kinds of things that spring up when grace isn't alive and leading in our lives. I mean, think about it. How, how easy has it been in life to get bitter and, and just angry and stay angry at someone who has wronged you or disrespected you or hurt you? How easy is that? Right? I mean, that, man, it happens so simply. And, and grace is one of the great things that God gives us and equips us with to live outside and away from bitterness. Because if, if you've ever been bitter, and, and I've, I've struggled with things, because bitterness is sneaky, man. I mean, it just, it gets in there and it has a hold before you ever realize it had a hold. And, and, and not until sometimes I would see the effects of it did I even become aware that it was actually being caused by bitterness. It's a root that starts to grow and, and, and take hold and, and ultimately, what does that do? It causes trouble and it defiles. It messes things up. It causes problems. It's undeniable. Um, Self-confession. I was born in Johnson City, Tennessee, raised mainly in Guilford County, and in 2021, for the first time, for the first time, I ate beef jerky. That may not seem significant, but I almost feel like I need to apologize to some folks because having, having been where I was born and where I've mainly lived, this is, this is beef jerky land. Like, it, it's, a, it's bountiful, right? I had tried a Slim Jim, and I thought that was beef jerky. I was a fan of Macho Man Randy Savage. I thought that was beef jerky until I was told in 2021 that's not beef jerky. I was like, no, it's nasty. It's awful. No, that's, that's not, you need to actually try this. And I tried it. 
It wasn't bad, okay? Gone a long time, had no idea. Let me give you another example before I make my point. Um, Wendy and I, um, she's a teacher and I'm a pastor. Um, both of those jobs are not really restricted by a set number of hours. You know what I'm saying? So, so we at our house, and, and if you're ever over there just on random days, feel free to judge us. We don't mind. Um, we, we, I'll just say it, we tap out sometimes. Sometimes at the end of the night, it's just like, that's it, done. That's off. Let's just shut the lights off. Because, man, there can be a lot wrong in your house, a mess, dishes, everything. Um, and sometimes if you just leave the lights on, that stuff's going to drive you crazy. Turn the lights off. Right? I mean, if it's in the dark, and some of y'all are judging me now, I can tell it. I see a look on your faces, and you're like, I can't believe that. Yeah. But I'm telling you, the joy in my heart when that light switch goes off, it's like, it's like a new, I mean, it, you know, and I start thinking, it's not just the light went off. I'm getting ready to go to sleep. Like, this is incredible. This is wonderful, this thing called electricity. Sometimes we tap out. Sometimes it's the end of the day. And sometimes next morning, if you were in our house and you woke up, you'd see a few dishes on the table. You might see some, some napkins and some forks still there. Um, a couple weeks ago, um, I, was, I sat down. I came home late, so everybody had already eaten. And I sat down, and I fixed myself a plate of whatever it was. And, and because I reheated it, I, it, I wasn't thinking temperature. So I just, I'm hungry. I just, I dive straight in. And it's hot. I mean, like it's, it's burned every side of your mouth hot. And, and I didn't fix myself something to drink. Um, I knew kind of the, the seating of my kids. And so I said, okay, well, this, this one didn't put his dishes up. So I grabbed his milk. Don't get ahead of the story. Don't get ahead of the story. I grabbed his milk, and I took a sip because I needed relief. Remember how I said that we tap out sometimes and turn off the lights? We did the night before. And that milk was not fresh from dinner. And I felt it. And I got a weak stomach, y'all, so I'm going to try to keep the... Let's just say it didn't have a milk texture going across my lips, and I felt part of it still on the outside of my lip. We're going to stop the details there. And very quickly before swallowing anything, I got it out of my mouth real fast, okay? Because that was just disgusting. I mean, that was horrific. Okay. Those are my two, those are my two stories. Listen, please, 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 don't, one, just neglect tasting the goodness of God in this series. Um, some weeks when we, when we are in certain passages, please take extra time to taste the goodness of God. Journal about what, you, what the Lord puts on your heart during a message. Go back, go, read deeper, dig deeper. Um, in our D-Life group, one of the things that was said a couple weeks ago by Karen, um, as, as she talked about one of the chapters, she said, I just, I just wanted to dig deeper into this one area, and that, that's, a, that's a pursuit worth taking. So, so don't, don't continue not experiencing what we can all experience. But at the same time, don't, don't get the wrong version because it's going to ruin and cause problems and defile. And it's, 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 it's tainted. It's nasty. It's not the, 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 the things that we might call grace that aren't grace, if we try to anchor our soul into that, we are going to be defiled. Because what God wants to do in us and through us, yes, 
will exceed expectations. But we have to handle the word well. So I want us to do this together over the next few weeks. Um, our praise team is going to come back in and, and, and really wrap our service at this time. Um, a couple of things, there's, there's going to be a couple of things as part of this series would love for you to engage in. Um, one of them um, is going to be something that we'll have available online, and there'll be, a, there'll be links all over the place, um, but there's going to be opportunities as you hear some of these messages and as you really consider the grace of God and what it's already, especially what it's already done in your life, would love to give you an opportunity to share that. Now, um, we, we want to pray over that. If there's an opportunity for you to really use that into somebody's life, we want to encourage you towards that. But, but this is a great series for us to share through and really, and really talk about um, really who God is and what he's done. Okay? Would you bow your heads for just a moment? Whether you're here, if you're uh, watching online at home. Um, through this series, I do not want for you to feel like the, um, the explanation of grace is um, your, your problems, your circumstances aren't as significant and aren't as heavy as what you felt. No. We're, 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 not, trying to, we're not trying to discount what anyone has gone through. But we just want to approach the word of the Lord every week with the expectation that regardless of the weight of any of that, that grace is greater. I don't want you to assume it. My prayer is for myself and for you that we don't assume. We, we, we discover so then we can assume. And then we can live on that trust and confidence day after day after day. Lord, thank you so much for your grace. The grace of salvation that is found in Jesus. The hope that we have for every moment of life. God, as we come to this point to take your word and meditate on it and even leave here with it, Lord, I pray that, that our framework and our expectations have been elevated this morning. That, Lord, we will come to your word every week with confidence and trust and hope and, and, and with our whole life, every circumstance, everything, to just lay it in front of you, Lord, to have you speak. God, be with the people that are here. Lord, we, we want goodness in our lives every day. It's undeniable. We, we, we want that. We, we, we want things that exceed expectations. We, we don't want words like defiled and trouble to, to, to characterize our days. But Lord, help us, God, just to simply embrace the information first and not make judgment. But Lord, see the greatness of who you are, to see your glory, and to desperately want that shown through our lives moment by moment. Lord, allow our hearts to really be ones of worship now to the glory of Jesus, to his name. And all this I pray. Amen. Would you stand to your feet? Um, this time as the praise team comes up, if there's anything that you'd like to pray over, we want to be up here and be present to pray with you over any need in your life. Um, this week, if you will, um, Robin Wells, who's been a, is a dear part of our church and, and we've been kind of updating you as, as she's had different things going on. She does have um, some testing coming up this week. Um, so please keep her in your prayers. We want the, really the truth and goodness of God to be revealed in those tests. Um, so please keep her dear on your heart this week as they um, have some of those things done, if you will, please. Thank you so much for being here today. We love you.